Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It's time to get green. Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser are in the house. All natural, no pesticides, no artificial ingredients. The Organic Gardeners. News Radio 1020, KDKA. Man, Dick Tills here. He's going to be talking all about what they do at Davy Trees, Davy.com to find out more. Absolutely love that company. Doug and Jess will be welcoming him to the broadcast shortly. But we'd like to welcome you to their program, heard every Sunday from 7 until 8. And if you'd like to participate, call right now. 866-391-1020, 866-391-1020, or Dollar Bank Instant Access, kdk.com. We always like to give you something to begin the program, so a $25 gift certificate from the good folks at Sorgles awaits you if you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020. So ladies and gentlemen, here they are right now, both from TribLive.com, it's Doug Oster and Jessica Wallace. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Doug Oster from the Tribune Review and Everybody Gardens. And I'm horticulturist Jessica Walliser. Later on, we'll be talking trees with uh, Dick Till from Davy Tree, all about curb appeal. And we'll have lots of questions for him. If you have tree questions, please get on the line. So, Jess, what's going on in your garden? Ah, oh, no movement on the uh, 10,000 square feet of mulch you have, right? <laughs> it feels like 10,000 square feet of mulch. It's 12 cubic yards, but I, I am down to about nine cubic yards. I have spread a little bit, but the weather this week was, you know, every time I had the time to go out and spread a little mulch, of course it was raining. So I had to run between the raindrops. So not much work got done this week, but I, I swear by next week that mulch I, will be spread. I was in Franklin yesterday uh, speaking at their uh, May Garden Mart, and I was telling people, look on the bright side. All this rain is great for the plants. Everything's going to be going crazy, including the weeds, but that's all right. And, uh, oh, the garden is, I just love this time of the year. It's pretty you know, incredible out there. Everything is just yeah. going crazy. Uh, winter sowed those radishes in January, and I'm picking them now, which is kind of exciting. And uh, picking all sorts of overwintered stuff, and all of the early spring crops are going nuts. It's just uh, just fun to see. I would agree with that. And before we know it, it'll be time to to plant our tomatoes and peppers. But not yet. We got oh, cold weather coming wait, up tomatoes. What? You're picking and I'm picking, right? You've been picking. I have. I've been picking actually for about two weeks. I didn't want to rub it in, but yes, <laughs> our friend Monica gave us some uh, little, uh, their house tomatoes, right? This is right? called the house tomato. Yep. I gave away seeds uh, two, three years ago, and it's a really cool variety, only available from this one uh, weird catalog I love, J.L. Hudson. And it's an heirloom. It was brought to San Francisco, and the guy who gave... Uh, the seeds to the company said that he grows it outside during the summer and then brings it in and grows it as a house plant during the winter, which, you know, yep. tomatoes, that's tough to do. Yeah. But Monica's been able to do it. I haven't been able to do it. Until I, now. I, I tried with the tomato. Well, yeah, well, she gave it to me. I just put it right in the greenhouse. She gave yeah. it to you oh. already with the tomatoes on like she Those did Those tomatoes for me, were so. good. <laughs> so we're bragging about picking. There you go. So today I will be at the Fayette County Home Show at 2 o'clock. I'll be talking gardening, signing books, and you can win these amazing seed collections that I have courtesy of John Sheeper's Kitchen Garden Seeds. 
I got a flower collection and a veggie collection. The, col- the veggie collection has 18 different direct sow varieties, with, including beans, beets, carrots, and cool varieties, cucumbers, lettuce, much more. And the flower collection includes cosmos, nasturtiums, sunflowers, and lots more. The show is free and filled with over 100 exhibits. That's today, 2 o'clock, Fayette County Home Show, which is at the Fayette County Fairgrounds. And that's my first time down there. It's going to be fun. It will be fun. See everybody. I'm sure of that. And I will be at uh, Sorgles on Thursday, May 25th at 7 p.m. to talk about container gardening. And we're going to have a whole lot of fun. We're going to talk about the best varieties of veggies and flowers for growing in containers. And I'll offer you some really cool tips that I uh, came up with for my book that's uh, coming out in October on container gardening called Container Gardening Complete, which is uh, already up on Amazon, which is totally crazy to think about. But if you want to sign up for that Sorgles class, you can call them at 724-935-2090. It costs $5 for that class on May 25th, but then you get a rebate that you can use in the garden center uh, for $5 worth of purchases that night. So, you know... You can easily do that with a couple packets of seeds. Just a reminder, if you can't get the paper anymore, you can see my stuff at everybodygardens.com, and all my favorite garden products are there, too. They're all on sale for Mother's Day. That's everybodygardens.com. Oh, this is just a wonderful time of the year. Even with this kind of weather, I'm just going nuts. I'm just loving it. I'm just spending time in the garden, seeing all the spring shrubs blooming early. Mm-hmm. You know, I think two weeks early. but Yeah, yeah. I was uh, uh, yesterday in the Hamptons, New York. I was up there. Oh, you're up at the Hamptons. Did you see Missy and uh, Babs? (laughs) I think I did. I think they were in the audience. Actually, as a matter of fact. But I was I was talking to Dick uh, from Davy Tree before we this show started about some of the bald and burlapped plant material that this nursery had. It's a huge nursery. And they, I mean, it's multi-million dollars. They had these bald and burlap trees that were 30 feet tall, incredible plant material. And I put pictures up on my Facebook page. If you want to see this place, it's called Martyrs and it's near Sag Harbor on Long Island. And it is, it's almost worth the trip just to go there to look around. Go the trees, all the way to Long the Island. You trees, there's a tree, $70,000 tree. $70,000 bald and burlap trees. And that doesn't even include the price of installation. They hand dig them all when they move them, you know, from, from the field or from one place into another. And uh, just, I, I, I couldn't even believe it. I was, uh, you know, jaw to the floor when I when they started Jeez. driving me around. The little golf cart driving me around everything. It's pretty cool. She's in the Hamptons. You're going to the Fayette County Home Show. I spent my entire night in the basement video blogging and... <laughs> Watching, watching this classic country entertainer, Time Life presents Marty Stewart and the Grand Old Opry. This was my big program last night while you were home watching Johnny Carson and Jonathan Winters. But the reason I'm bringing this up, also National Geographic, big program on raptors last night. Let me ask Dick Till real quick. So you have an owl in one of your trees and you guys discover it when you're there. I've been fighting with the guys from True Value. They're like, you got these birds' nests in your porch and this and that. Just get rid of them. Well, the babies, I can't get rid of them. So I just let them make a mess, and I clean it up every day, clean it up every day. But I got to believe that you just start tossing an owl's nest out of a tree and somebody catches you. That might be illegal, is it, or or not? How do you do when you got to do something like that, remove an owl's nest from someone's tree that you guys are working on? Just curious. Yeah. Well, they are protected, so... Uh, if it's an empty nest, you can move it, and you know they're real good at making nests. They'll make a new one. But if there's eggs or chicks in there, then you kind of want to let them hatch and mature a little bit before you move the nest. 
I actually had a robin's nest in my vegetable garden. It's on nested on top of this windmill, and we had that big storm, and it had eggs in it already, and it knocked over the nest or the windmill, but mm-hmm. the nest was so firmly on there it was okay, but the eggs came out. Aww. I I saw them the next day. They were fine. Mm-hmm. I put the windmill back up, anchored it, put the eggs back in there, and she's sitting on the eggs, actually. Oh, and good. I have some, uh, on my Facebook page, some really good video um, that my friend James Knox shot of the... You're not going to... Rem- I can't remove no, it. No, no, no. I want... You know, and yeah. I, I, I talked to Bob Mulvihill from the National Aviary. I'm just like, will the, those eggs be okay? He goes, the only thing that you need to be concerned about is if they got too cold. But I was just glad when I got it back up there that she came right came back, back and yeah. was sitting on it. But I don't know myth. how long I don't know how long they were down. Well, it's right. a myth when they talk about, you know, the mom won't come back because it smells like a person. That's not true. The mom will still come back. <laughs> you know, even if it's a little baby she bird, came you back, can put it back in the She came back nest. quick. I, I don't know if it was if it happened that morning or if it happened overnight, but she's on the eggs, so I hope they hatch because they're in such a great spot easy to see for like with me a long telephoto lens feeding the babies. That's what I'm looking forward to. My, my neighbors mother held me. My mom never came back, so I always wonder, <laughs> wonder what happened there. Did you walk around going, are yeah. you my hey, mother? But listen, are you my mother? Big storms the other day, you guys were the first person I thought of, and I just thought to myself, I don't know how you do what you do, but thanks for doing what you do. And have you ever said to yourself, how did that bird get a nest way up here? These owls and falcons, what they do, it's incredible. Mm. A sign of getting old, folks, when you just sit at home and you're lazy boy and watch the National Geographic, but it was, it was worth it. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Dick Till coming up in a couple of minutes. We'd love to hear from you at 866 866- Three nine one ten twenty dollar bank instant access kdk.com. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The organic gardeners. This radio ten twenty kdka. About 15 minutes away from Dick Till from Davy Tree, right after CBS Radio News at the bottom of the hour. Busy, busy phone lines. Let's get right to it on the organic gardeners with Doug and Jess from triblive.com. Up first, it's K. K. Good morning. Good morning. Um, Doug and Jessica, I need some um, help. I made a wall. It's a stone wall. It's about two, two and a half feet high. And I need to know some perennial cascading plants that I can put on there. Okay, I'm going to start Ooh. off. I'm going to start off with an annual because when I saw cascading plants, and I know you probably don't want an annual, but there is just one that I absolutely love, and it's a begonia called bonfire. Uh, it can be perennial in the fact that it has a big giant tuber, so you can save that tuber like you would a dahlia if you wanted to. But oh man, that thing cascades six to eight feet, and it blooms freely. It doesn't need much from us. Is it in? Is it for the sun? It'll grow in sun or shade. It's okay. it's a tough one. It's it's great. What do you, what do you got, Jess, for well, perennials? I'm, I was, was going to ask sun or shade, so she said sun, so now I know that. So one of my favorites that I have uh, at the top of one of my rock walls on our driveway is a cascading or a, a creeping Veronica called Water Perry Blue, and it's in bloom right now, and is these little teeny tiny cup-shaped purpley blue flowers and all over the plant right now. Uh, and I love the way that one kind of tumbles over the top of our rock wall. 
Creeping flocks would be another one that you could have fun with. It mm-hmm. would be like a spring bloomer that would kind of soften up the, the wall. And uh, home fires is one of the best varieties of that creeping flocks. Uh, what creeping color is flocks that? is Phlox stolonifera, which is uh, different from the big garden flocks that you see. But home fires is like a hot pink. Nice. It's a really pretty hot pink. And so too, uh, Phlox subulata, which is the creeping flocks uh, or cushion flocks, they call it sometimes. That's another good spring bloomer that's kind of coming over my walls. A little plant that you could put in there would be one of the thymes, uh, like a woolly thyme or a creeping thyme would be kind of fun on the wall. And then you can use it in your kitchen too, right? right. Which is not a bad idea. Uh, let's see. Oh my gosh, there's so many. There's a, a really pretty ornamental oregano called oh, yeah. uh, Kent. Is it Kent yeah. Beauty? Uh, let me look it up. But yeah, yeah that, that is a really cool looking plant. They have it a lot at Phipps. Sometimes they'll do it in their planter boxes and it kind of tumbles down over the front of that planter box. Um, there's also, there's a line of plants that a lot of our local garden centers are now uh, carrying. They're called Jeepers Creepers is the brand name of this plant. Now, they're meant to be planted sort of as ground covers or uh, as as lawn substitutes, but many of them are creeping plants, obviously they're all creeping plants, but many of them are varieties that will tumble down over the edges of a rock wall like that. Um, So if they can't creep along the soil, they'll creep over the edge of the pot. So as you go to your local garden center, that that brand of plants, Jeepers Creepers, might be one that you want to look for to see what sort of different options that they have The oregano is Kent Beauty. Kent Beauty, And it is a beauty. See that, Dick? It's a beauty. It is. It's really cool. That's a cool plant. All right, let's say hi to Joanne up next for the guys and gals from... Organic Gardeners. Go ahead. Good morning. Good morning. I have a problem with planting some evergreen trees and with my perennials. I saw it done, said that I don't have to worry about the deer as much. Is there any way to keep those trees like blue spruce net small? <laughs> I'm laughing you know, because... I don't want to cut off the top because I know then you get the double at the top. Are they, al- are they already planted or is this something you're thinking of doing? No, I've planted them. Oh. oh. <laughs> so here's the thing. I mean, you know, Joanne, that, that's like, you know, asking your teenage boy not to grow any taller. Like you, you can't, you can't. You can't keep a, a blue spruce down unless it's a dwarf variety. So you should have taken the time to look for varieties of evergreens that are dwarf conifers that naturally stay smaller. And yeah, I know any, Dick can attest to the fact that th- that blue spruce is not going to stay small. Any tr- <laughs> stay small, that's for sure. Any tree is going to try and reach its genetic height. That's just part of it. Now, how how long has it been in there? Um, I planted, I guess, about three, four years ago, and it's about four feet tall now. It's beautiful. Yeah. And it's not that tall. So and you're, I'm afraid it's going to get that yeah. tall. Oh, yeah. It was seedlings. I didn't buy it. Let me tell you this. I used to have a lot of evergreen trees on my property, and all that I had planted are seedlings. I didn't buy them. And the seedlings are doing great. And I saw a picture once of a uh, perennial garden that had these in between, mm-hmm. and I thought, great, the deer will not get them, and I won't have to worry too much about the deer. So I planted them, 
And now they're doing beautifully. Yeah, well. If I cut off the top, I'm just going to get two headers, right? Yeah, you you don't want to do that. And it's going to look really, really silly if you do that. So number one, the perennial garden that you saw with conifers in it, I am sure that they were dwarf conifers, that they were ones that are bred to stay naturally smaller in stature. Number two, Putting a couple Colorado blue spruces in your perennial garden is not going to keep the deer out of the perennial garden by They're any gonna means. They're going to walk around the trees <laughs> yeah. and feed yeah. on what they want. No, exactly. I didn't, I didn't mean it would keep the deer out. It would be just that it would take up more space that I could plant perennials that were deer resistant. Gotcha. Okay. okay. That makes a little more sense. But yeah, you, yeah, no, yeah. It wasn't to keep the deer out. It was just the idea to get more space taken up so I don't have to worry about the deer coming through and eating and tramping on all my plants. Gotcha. Well, when it's 60 feet tall, you won't have to worry too much about those deer. Yeah. I'm sorry we don't have better news for you, Joanne. And a, and a hawk could have a nest up there, so that's one thing. <laughs> all right, text message. Uh, it would be safe for my kids to play around the beans this year because last year it didn't work out because I didn't plant anything to protect them. And my question is, uh, I want to make it safe for them. So what can I plant around that wouldn't be harmful to them or the critters and also let my beans thrive? I've never heard of a bean house before. I wonder if it's hyacinth bean. B-E-A-N. That's yeah. all it is. Oh, okay. A bean house? B-E-H-O-U-S-E. Yeah, okay, you know, so like she must have made like a tea right, exactly. or something and like I that. I think if it was a hy- hyacinth bean has some kind of... Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah you you, can't, yes. You so, can't eat that. That species of bean is not unless you super cook it. So we're just guessing yeah. that, that it's the hyacinth bean you're talking about. And my suggestion is just to use a different type of bean or something else to climb up there. Cucumbers. Uh, but there's lots of cool pole beans. Yep. A pole bean would be the best thing uh, to do. And they, they grow so quickly. And um, yeah, you get to pick the beans also and eat them. Davy.com, Davy Tree, Dick Till coming up right after CBS Radio News. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. This Radio 1020 KDK. All right, it's that time again. And now it's time for Talking Trees, a service of the Davy Tree Expert Company. All right, Dick, we're starting with uh, curb appeal. So when we're talking about trees, what does that mean? Well, uh, when you pull up in front of somebody's house or apartment building, you know, the first thing you see is the, the lawn and the trees and the shrubs, and it's your first impression. So a lot of times, you know, if you have a nice landscape, it gives you a clue about the people and how they take care of their house. But, uh, you know, it's important to have the right plant in the right spot, and we hear that all the time. People want to plant bigger trees too close to the house. Um, or by a sidewalk where it would, you know, tear right, up the sidewalk. Heave up the sidewalk, or if it's too close to the foundation, actually do some damage to the foundation. So you, you got to do your homework a little bit, and uh, with the Internet nowadays, you can look up potential size of trees and, um, you know, the location, uh, if they like sun or shade or whatever. But, um, you know, if you have bigger trees out in front where they have some room, and also plan uh, for shade in the house, Put the deciduous trees on the west side of the house. It'll shade you in the summer, and then when the leaves are off the tree in the wintertime, the sun shines on the house. I mean, deciding fall. where a tree is going to be is a big decision because it's a decision that's going to have ramifications for 30 years. Long, long time, yeah. right. 
So we're looking at things like the proximity to the foundation, proximity to sidewalks. Obviously, watch out. Also, look up, right? right. Find where they are in relation to where your electric lines are that come into your home. Avoid those. Right. Anything else people should really assess before they make any decisions on where to plant things? Well, that's like I was saying, doing your homework. Um, you know, Make sure you want a tree that big or do you want a deciduous tree, um, you know, like a red maple, little turn colors in the fall. If you want a flowering tree like a dogwood or crabapple or redbud that's going to flower in the springtime? Or do you want an evergreen tree, a spruce, a hemlock? And uh, like I said, just doing a little bit of homework and kind of designing, having your smaller plants in the front and taller plants in the back so you don't hide something pretty. And also, you know, make sure that they're meant to grow in this climate. You know, we have people that want to grow crepe myrtle around here. Well, that's a southern plant. It just doesn't do well around here. And even white birches and blue spruces that do naturally well in the colder climates, they have problems around here with diseases and insects that they just don't have in their natural, you know, their natural growing area. It, it's interesting because, you know, I think a lot of homeowners fall into this trap, right? They they go, they they see their home, they think, okay, I need, I need a tree for here, or I need a shrub for here, and they go to the nursery or a big box store, and they just buy, boom, like wh- whatever they see or the cheapest price or, you know. They're like going to the grocery store. It's like you're, you're going in a hurry. Grabbing the first thing yeah, off the shelf, Yeah, get right? those, get those, and let's go just get them in, and let's go on to the next Which project. Which is the wrong way yeah. <laughs> to yeah. start a good landscape. Really? And it, you know. That's what people do. Oh, I like that. I saw my friend or my neighbor had one of those. I'd like to have one of those and one of these. And, you know, you need to plan ahead. And and it is good to actually, you know, write it down and make a little diagram on paper and kind of make a plan, which I'm guilty of not doing that. When you talk to my wife, she said, well, you should have done this. <laughs> well, that's funny, too. When I think of part of the woodland area that I'm working on, you know, I probably do have the stuff a little close together, a little too close. But... When it all is said and done, it's gonna, I think it's going to look kind of nice, you know, trying to give it the distance that it needs. Uh, it's hard because it you want instant, you know. People want it to look this way now, right. and you're going to have to let things... Right. And then you have to think the maintenance down the road, you know. They do need pruned if you have big shade trees, you know, deadwood and lower deadwood's just natural. It's good to prune the deadwood out of them, so if that branch starts to rot, it, you know, the rot doesn't get into the tree. Mm-hmm. And even maintaining, you know, making nice mulch rings around the plants, um, keep the weeds away, you know, the competition from the grass, and keeping the lawnmowers and the whip trimmers away from the trunk of the trees. And, and you mentioned earlier, I heard you say dogwood and crabapple, but I, I'm also interested in uh, finding out some of your favorite varieties of smaller trees, because people do like to plant trees, you know, 10, 15 feet from mm-hmm. the house. And even, you know, they should be putting in t- small trees that only get to be 15, 20 feet t- tall. So aside from the dogwood and the and the uh, crabapple, what are some other good small trees for the landscape? Uh, the red buds. Mm-hmm. Are, oh, I love those. They, yeah. They do, you know, everything, even though they're... They're called, some of them are called dwarf trees. You know, there's dwarf crab apples. A lot of times you got to keep them dwarfed because everything grows every year until it dies. Mm-hmm. But there's service berries that get the nice That's white That's flowers. a nice one. I like that too, service berry tree. And in the fall, they get the nice orange-red leaves on them. Um, but like we are saying, the dogwood, the Kusa dogwoods, mm-hmm. uh, you know, those are nice. And they're the later flowering with the creamy white flowers. Sometimes the American dogwoods, we have problems with them 
Uh, there's a lot of boars out there. They get the anthracnose leaf disease. Mm-hmm. And then people want to plant them out in the middle of their yard. Well, if you see a dogwood growing in the woods, it's in the understory. So they'll take morning sun, but they like afternoon shade and nice loamy soil. And, you know, we're in uh, Pittsburgh here where we have clay soil and you know, people just plant them in the wrong spots. But yeah. that's, that's another thing about planning ahead, you know, where to put them. I asked you about this before, but ornamental pears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> how he did says that, with disdain. How did that? How long has that been a very popular tree to, to plant? And and talk about your feelings about about the ornamental pears. Yeah, it was probably around thirty years ago when they first started coming out, and all these nurseries were saying, "Oh, this is a great tree. It has beautiful white flowers and only grows to thirty feet tall." Well, we took one down. F- couple weeks ago that uh, we had to have our buck and crane truck out there it was a fifteen hundred dollar job taking this huge pear tree but one of the main problems is uh, especially the true bradfords grow with these sharp crotches and it's just in the genes that they have sharp crotches and that's a weak crotch if you have a rounded crotch the trees are a lot stronger but a sharp v crotch if you get a heavy wet snow or an ice storm they split apart and you can put cables in them and hold them together, but that's another maintenance thing. And a lot of times they just get bigger. They outgrow their spot where people put them. And, um, they know. also seed everywhere. Like, they're becoming invasive oh, and, yeah. because the birds eat the little tiny fruits and mm-hmm, you know, spread them. the seeds. And they become invasive. Crazy. Right. Dick, thanks so much. Stick around. For more information about Davy Tree or to ask what's going on with your trees, Go to www.davy.com slash KDKA. And don't forget, you can always call the experts at Davy Tree at 855-782-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. And uh, Mr. Till is going to stick around if we have any more calls on the line about trees needing help. That will be just the perfect person to answer those questions. So he's going to be with us until 8 o'clock. Number is 866-391-1020. Bankins and access kdk.com. Congratulations to Joan from Muse, Pennsylvania. And uh, she is the winner of that $25 gift certificate from Sorgles. And right now, someone who happens to be the 10th caller at that same number, 412-922-1020, is going to win a $25 gift certificate from Janoski. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. This Radio 1020 KDKA. All right, time now for that very special edition of How Does Your Garden Grow? And it's all about your family tree because representing Davy Tree, it's Dick Till. And from TribLive.com, it is Jessica Wallister. And just, well, by no coincidence, he too from TribLive.com. So you know where this is going, folks, as far as your winner. It is Doug Oster. So it's time to play the Organic Gardener's Lightning Round, and it will strike more than twice. So here he is, the star of the show. Mr. Doug Oster. Well, thanks very much, Rob. I am your game show host, Doug Oster. It's Jessica Walliser from the Swickley area. Jessica. Hello. And Dick Till from the South Hills. Hello there. All right. You guys remember the rules of the competition. Do not ring in until you hear the end of the question. Always answer in a question form and try and talk backwards. Okay, here we go. Here are your questions. These are from Bobby. Love your show. Need your help. Have a 50-plus-year-old Concord grapevine. Grows beautifully. Gets many large grape formations, which dry out and drop off. Cut back last year. Made no difference. What should be done? Ding! Jessica. 
So you have a fungal disease that's affecting your Concord grapes, and it's important that you prevent that, and you can do it with an organic fungicide. Um, the one we like is a brand called Serenade. Uh, you can also and should also prune that uh, grapevine back very hard in the spring, which will help control that fungal disease by improving air circulation. That's 25 points for you, Jessica. Next question. Yearly strawberries eaten before we can pick. Many insects with pinchers look like ticks. What can we do? Ding! Jessica! <laughs> Dick, you're a little slow on the ringer over there, buddy. <laughs> I, sus- I suspect that you have a problem with earwigs in your strawberry patch, uh, which actually look nothing like ticks, but whatever. They're, they're that same dark color. But anyway, yeah, so mulching those uh, strawberry plants with a layer of straw right now so that as the fruits ripen, they rest on top of the straw instead of resting on the ground will help keep them away from those earwigs. You can also trap earwigs by putting pieces of corrugated cardboard into the garden in the evening and then the earwigs in the morning go inside of the tunnels of the corrugated cardboard and then you can um, kind of knock them out into soapy water and get rid of them that way. That's 50 points for you, Jessica. Next question. How to tell the difference between sumac and poison sumac plant? Has red shiny leaves with red branches. Looks the same as pictures of poison sumac. How do we remove safely? Ding. Dick! (laughs) (laughs) He finally got his bell working. (laughs) Well, the... The sumac trees that you see is called staghorn sumac, and there's even smooth sumac, and they're more of a tree form. The poison sumac is a viney, like poison ivy, grows down low. Um, the best way, if there's not too much of it, you can pull it out. Just make sure you get all the roots, but make sure you have long sleeves and rubber gloves. Um, Does it grow here? Poison sumac? I'm the host here. You're not allowed to ask another <laughs> ask him contestant. That. Ask him that. Ask him that question. <laughs> Dick, does it grow here? <laughs> uh, yeah, it does grow around here. It's a little more rare. It's like poison oak and poison sumac are kind of rare. Poison ivy is most common around here. Okay, this question is for everything. This is our super extra bonus question. The person who answers wins. I have a hillside in my backyard that is completely covered in poison ivy in the form of both bushes and ivy. How can I kill the poison ivy? Ding! Jessica! <laughs> Hire somebody to get rid of the poison ivy because that is going to be a daunting task if it really is covered. Uh, If you decide to do it yourself, you have to protect yourself. I actually have a poison ivy suit hanging in the shed, which is a head-to-toe rain suit, right, with like the bib overalls and the uh, plastic-coated rain suit. And that's what I use with a pair of chemical-resistant gloves to pull out that poison ivy, dig it out really carefully, and then you wash up real well with uh, like Technu poison ivy wash or Dawn. Uh, dishwashing liquid to get those oils off of you and just be super, super careful. Well, congratulations, Jessica and Dick. Don't worry, you're not going home empty-handed. We have this special organic gardening hot coffee mug for you. All right. Thanks for coming. Now it's time for Mrs. Know-It-All, <laughs> Denise Schreiber, Greenhouse Manager for Allegheny County Parks. Denise, how are you on this rainy morning? Good. And, you know, I agree with Jessica on the last answer. Hire somebody to get rid of it if you have a hillside of poison ivy. Uh, Wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That was fun. At any rate, um, I actually have something for our listeners. Um, Corona Tools has given me a special code um, to share with everyone. And you can get 20% off of all of their tools and free shipping to go with it. Uh, it's good on everything except replacement parts in a wheelbarrow because free shipping on a wheelbarrow would really cost them a lot of money. But it's good on all their other tools. They have a lifetime guarantee on their tools. And so, you know, they said, please share it. 
So you just go to shop.coronatoolsusa.com and use the code CONFIDENT, you know, C-O-N-F-I-D-E-N-T 20, and you get free shipping and 20% off. And I have it on my Mrs. Know-It-All page, too, on Facebook, you know, if somebody didn't have time to write that down. But that's a really good deal. Um, I've had their tools for mm, probably close to 30 years, and they have a lifetime guarantee, so you can't go wrong. So what are you doing in the garden this time of the year? Uh, today, actually, I'm getting into my little greenhouse. I'm going to do some transplanting today because it's a little wet to be outside. It's a little cold to be outside. Oh, definitely. Thank you, Mrs. Noda. I really appreciate your time. All right. That was fun, huh, Dick? Yes, sir. Can't wait to Even do it Even though you lost. Well, you cheated. Uh, what? <laughs> my, my dinger was working a little better than yours today. Don't you hate when that happens? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Join me today. 2 p.m. at the Fayette County Home Show. That is at the Fayette County uh, Fairgrounds. I'm talking gardening, signing books, and you can win. I've got a bunch of collections of seeds, courtesy of John Sheeper's Kitchen Seeds. Veggie collection, flower collection. Come out and see me today, 2 o'clock. The show is free and filled with over 100 exhibits. All right, so what should we be thinking about now that spring is here as far as our trees and what trees in particular? Let's give Mr. Till the final minute or so on this big broadcast. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, with all this rain, is there something? Is there anything to worry about with all this rain? Fungal issues or uh, yeah. softening the soil? Yeah, diseases are going to be a problem when it warms up a little bit. You know, the fungal diseases love moisture and warm weather. Hopefully, we'll get some warm weather soon. Um, but yeah, with the ground being saturated, uh, if you do have big evergreens on a hillside, um, you know, look at the around the roots there and make sure the ground isn't heaving up. Because yesterday, as a matter of fact, uh, I had to go with one of my guys and pull up an arborvitae that was leaning mm-hmm. at a 45-degree angle. And, uh, you know, they're not shallow-rooted plant, or they are shallow-rooted plants. So when the ground's saturated and the foliage is wet and the wind's blowing, you know, you can lose plants. But uh, Now, an old, old buck like you, are you still up there climbing trees, or are you sending the young, young men up there? No, that's for the younger guys that keep my feet on the ground where they belong. <laughs> he still looks pretty tough, though. I tell you. Yeah, I know. I know. He's a tough hockey that's player, a, I think. That's a, great, that's a great organization. They do wonderful things, and we're honored to have you here. So well, thank for you. having me. Thank you very much. Take us home, Doug. All right. Well, uh, as I said today, I'll be at the Fayette County Home Show. Jess, what's next for you in your garden? Uh, still too early for me. You know, I, I was out at the... Pittsburgh Botanic Garden and Executive Director Keith Kaiser, we were walking through and giving a tour. He said he's got his tomato plants in already, and some of our fans were there, and they're just like, boo, boo. <laughs> a little early. Yeah. I, I'm getting my containers out of the garage and filling them up with soil, getting ready for the planting process, doing all that prep stuff, but I'm not going to even dare risking it, planting any frost-sensitive annuals or veggies yet a little now too leave early. some room in your garden for Black Beauty. I've got a bunch of Black Beauty plants, right. which is a tomato that's supposed to be the darkest there is and supposed to be really tasty. So that's going to be fun. I'll probably do some transplanting today, too. It's a good day to do that. Um, might have just been in little two-by-twos. Two by I'll put them up into four-inch pots and sink them down a little deeper and get a nice plant. But boy, wasn't it... Uh, 
Wasn't it fun to be picking tomatoes so early? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Indeed. And those are really good. It's so true. what are you going to talk about today? Might as well take the final 30, then we'll go right to the Well, news. I'm going to talk all about what we're doing right now, things to plant, uh, early crops. Uh, warn people, please don't put your tomatoes or peppers in yet. Yeah, you might get away with it, but they're not going to be happy. Boy, they're just going to be so sad in this kind of weather. But, you know, planting things like lettuce and carrots and beets from seed uh, is, is just it's just one of the one of the wonderful things about gardening, seeing that little seed go from that little dry thing to fruition in just a season, that's just a wonderful thing. And a little message from your organic gardeners, because of the high winds and storms last week, you can now return your neighbor's garbage can. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, have yourself a great rest of the How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.